It's the Benz Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Baby sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea we are go sipping yo Hard time scrolling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know Collect you find, and she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind If you move mad to me I'll move mad to you definitely No way you're never gonna rattle me So here's a straw cause you can suck your mommy <laughs> I'm back It is me, Kalechi Hi everyone, hey big head <laughs> don't you hate that? You haven't spoken to someone for ages They ghosted, don't want anything to do with you And they have the audacity to holler about Hey stranger, hey big head Don't hey big head me before I smash your skull But I'll smash your skull Sorry um, You can see I have a lot of energy Yeah, yeah I don't know where the energy is coming from Because I swear I'm tired After all the rounds I've been doing Talking about this Liam Neeson trash But um, we'll get into that shortly Anyway as you might have guessed, this is SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What? That's right. Suck your mum. And I'm back. I Let's just be clear. I don't know what this means for us. It's, I can't say whether it's a one Monday stand, like a one night stand. I'm sure you got that. Um, or if it means that we're back in our relationship. But... Um, I've got to, I'll figure it out I'll figure it out But I definitely knew I felt very, very strong A very, very strong pull to come back And um, make this specific episode For a number of reasons And I'll talk you through it But um, I just appreciate you all, man Like there isn't a Monday that goes by Like a Monday that goes by Without someone messaging and going So is there any chance that SYM is coming back? And initially I was like Can you leave me the hell alone? But it's not like I even said that it was just gone, gone, gone forever. I just needed to figure out another way for it to exist. And I haven't quite figured it out yet. And obviously, if you follow me on Instagram, you know that on IGTV, I've got a different like uh, mini-sode called Dickhead in Recovery, which is a brainchild of this or a sister kind of 10-minute episode um, to this. So you can always check out Dickhead in Recovery as well. But um, yeah, man, I just needed to come back shoot the shit with you all. Um, because I feel like a lot of wild things have been happening and I have no desire to write threads on Twitter. And when I make Instagram stories, I get the wildest message requests. And I just thought, you know what, let me just get a bit of it out, get a bit of it out in a podcast episode and we'll see where we go from here. If you ever remember, I've made a mention of the fact that I don't really believe in monthly podcasts. Like, why am I releasing a podcast episode once a month? Am I a fucking period? Like, am I your menstruation cycle? I, I don't know. But um, I might just, I might just have to be that person that maybe does once a month or comes back whenever there's just something extremely wild and you guys have been sending me a straw signal. da na 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 Yeah. Suck your mom. I don't know. Maybe you send me a straw signal by emailing sym at kalechiokafor.com. That email address is still active. Do not DM me. Do not tweet at me or tag me and shit because I still don't want to know. But um, yeah, we have to figure something out. This is a dialogue. You know, I it's not like a dictatorship. We 
We'll discuss like a true democracy Figure out how and where we go from here But like I said I felt a strong pull to come and do something Because I did an event in Manchester um, A couple of weeks ago Big up Sarah, Sarah Dario Moy A baby girl of baby girls When I tell you This woman is so fucking organized From the very beginning When we were even discussing my rate To come to Manchester to do a show She has respected all of my boundaries I was just like, this is my rate It doesn't include accommodation It does not include travel I only speak for this long I only stay for this long after the event Rare, rare, rare And Homegirl organized everything I cannot tell you how much of a pleasure it was to... Work with her And I wasn't even feeling very well When I went to Manchester to do that talk But it was so well executed And I love things like that I love when black women Love other black women so much That they try to make the um, interactions That we have as seamless as possible So big up Sarah For organising such an incredible event We were talking about intersectional feminism I was talking about my lack of faith In allyship And just Things like that And the audience was so receptive um, But what did happen at that live show Or you know that event when I was in Manchester Is that so many women came up to me Black women specifically And they cried They cried um, And it did something to my chest I guess where my heart would be I got an icebox where my heart You stupid be- No um, It did something to me Watching Seeing them feel so emotional About what SYM has meant in their life And obviously I, I don't believe in being like an, an emotional mule Like at the end of the day I have to think about my own well-being But what I did understand in that moment And I feel like what um, God was calling me to really figure out Is that there has to be a way for this to carry on But it has to be slightly different And I just don't know what that way is yet But I just knew that they they still felt like they needed some Support and guidance And just like Somewhere where Someone's talking about All of the trash And I guess In the way that I do That makes them feel like Somebody sees them Somebody hears them I thought that Sally in HR Would be a great replacement Because Sally is Bussing joke About the very Micro and macro aggressions That we face as black people And just I guess People of colour generally In this society Um and I wanted to draw light on that But even that didn't seem enough Because it seemed like it was a one-sided conversation Or it seemed like Sally in HR She does these things People have a conversation about it in my mentions But there's just it seemed like there was something else That wasn't quite being covered So um, as you know, I did the radio show for a bit And I just did it didn't feel right for me The radio show didn't feel right for me Because it felt rather impersonal And again, you know I believe in black women being paid for their time And if they're not being paid for their time I believe that they should be, um, there should be some sort of remuneration in other forms And I wasn't really seeing that there So quick, 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 fast, fast, fast Before I could start losing my temper I just had to figure out a way to move forward um, So for me, I just, yeah, it's, it's figuring it out Dickhead in recovery is definitely going to be an IGTV thing um, Sally in HR is there Probably develop her into something else but as for SYM, we'll see, we'll see 
But here I am Happy Monday I hope you are all well I hope you are all out here Being baby boys, baby girls And baby non-binaries Don't think that I haven't missed you all Like I've missed all of the jokes All of the jokes And it was so wonderful to see so many of you in Manchester And just in and around the place Like walking around London Walking around Peckham So many people like Oh my God, I listen to SYM And I love Sally and HR And it just warms my heart Um, But one of the main reasons I thought I should make this episode also Is because I won the Screen Nation Award I won one one of two awards that I won (laughs) Um, One of the two awards that I won Was Favourite Podcast And it would not have felt right To win the Screen Nation Award For Best uh, or Favourite Podcast And not come through to make an episode To thank you all for hearing me For seeing me and for supporting me Because people had to vote You know, people had to vote for that And I posted it on my Instagram page And on Twitter and Facebook And you people actually went out and voted for me And it just means the world It means the absolute world to me um, To... Win an award for a project that I only plan to have for a year So yeah, um, thank you, thank you, thank you so much I didn't bring the awards with me because I'm not a dickhead But no, the awards are up, I've got a trophy shelf now at the studio So it's got my three awards um, Precious Lifestyle Award for Fitness Queen of the Year from last year And then it's got the uh, best podcast um, from Screen Nation And I also won Social Influencer of the Year Or no, social favourite social influencer At the Screen Nation Award as well So I left with two awards And I proper felt like Beyonce Like you could not tell me a motherfucking thing I felt truly special Two awards, Beyonce wins Like eight awards in a, at a go But you know it, it just felt so nice to be appreciated Like we're always saying Like no one's out here looking for validation But at the same time Appreciation matters Otherwise what's the point of doing any of this Like what's the fucking point You know So I feel so great I feel so grateful um, And so appreciative that I won those awards And what it means now Like I can call myself Multi-award winning Kelechi Okafor when I write my bios and things Because people need to know Like babes have got I've got awards And when I only had the one award In my trophy case At the beginning of this uh, the year Because um, my partner and I We went and bought um, A trophy cabinet thing At Ikea And I put the one award in there From the Precious Lifestyle Awards And One woman came in White woman And said Oh that's such a big Such a big cabinet For, for one for one award And I thought But you see This is why I tell you That your ancestors are mad This is why I tell you That your entire village Is fucking mad And nobody You are mad And nobody has told you And that's the problem So Then Jenny comes through Jenny's one of the teachers At the studio Jenny comes through And she was just like I see it I love it I like it She was like She's currently reading The Secret And The Secret basically Talks about Creating a world As if all of the Accomplishments That you expect To um, attain in this life have already happened And I was like see my G This is why I get along with people who see the vision The trophy case is there The trophy cabinet is there It's because bitch I plan to win all of the awards I've got to think of like my academy award For best actress in a leading role My other academy award for best actress in a supporting role My next award for best director You know I've got to think of all of these things So why not get the cabinet now Because I know God's going to fill it up I urge us all 
in this 2019, start crafting your life as if your blessings have already arrived. Gas yourself up as if your blessings have already arrived. It doesn't have to make sense to any motherfucking body. They can look at your trophy cabinet and be like, bitch, you haven't got a single thing in there. Mind your business because I just need to let God know where to direct my blessings, right? So, and I'm sure I've said it on these um, on this podcast before. You have to walk as if you're praying. Walk in this life as if your prayers have already been answered. And would you believe it? I got the trophy cabinet. Only had one award in there. Two weeks later, two more awards have gone in there. And I know that that's not the end of it. But I pray that by God's grace, all of us will have accolades for the work that we are putting in in this year. And that trophy case is going to be a madness. I'm going to need an entire wall. I'm going to need an entire room. You can't tell me nothing. That is the way that it's going to be. And God has said it is so, Ashe. So, um, yeah, that's that's like my little tidbits for all of the bits that I've been up to. I don't think I got to do, um, you know, all of these bits what I've missed the most is like having space and time to do my tarot and do the tarot properly so I guess let's just launch into it let's launch into what I've pulled the cards I've pulled this week and see where it takes us so the first card that I've pulled from the black angel cards people are always ask me where to buy these buy it on Amazon black angel cards by Zenju Earthlin Manuel I know that they're expensive so Maybe go halves with someone, I don't know Or maybe save up for it if you can Um, And I know they're rather rare But they're absolutely amazing I love the Black Angel cards So, the Black Angel card That I pulled this week was The Lover And obviously I've pulled this card before So I'm just going to read how it relates to everything else that I've pulled So we see a woman um, lounging on a kind of poof She's lounging there and she's singing to herself and she's naked and her bush is thriving and her nipples are glorious. So let's see what it says for the lover. Here we go. You are feeling fully alive in your body and spirit. On the waking path, passion. On the sleeping path, abuse by self and others. Lover has an open heart. The nature of your love is not a thing projected out onto anything, but rather love is your nature. It is you. You hold life sacred. Your affection is highly respected for its tenderness and loving kindness. You honor every moment of life as a precious opportunity to experience the deep sensations of being fully alive. People often marvel at your ability to be passionate about things others would find mundane. You love the simple things in life. In the realm of wellness, your modeling of love helps those of us who find it difficult to embrace others, especially those who are different than ourselves. On your waking path, love comes through you so abundantly and readily that people want to possess it and you. This warm feeling that you that you bring can often be misunderstood and misinterpreted as a sexual advance. People do not realize your sensuality is used to communicate what you are feeling whether it's sadness, happiness, or needing attention. This can be confusing to people who cannot distinguish the difference between your desire for sex and the sensual, sensitive nature of the way you relate to people and the world. Sensuality is cherishing that the, um, what the body senses through the smell, taste, touch, sight, and hearing. Being sexual is quite a different matter. For example, although the rush of an ocean wave across your toes may stimulate sexual desire, the pleasure of the water alone is sensual. 
check to see if you may have some concern about portraying yourself or being perceived by others as too sexual or too affectionate. How do we remain passionate and alive? When the sensual and sexual energies are confused, we may become subject to unsacred zones of abuse. The unsacred zones disconnect us from the enjoyment of life. You must be cautious and be able to get set strong boundaries with with a nature such as yours. On the sleeping path, you may be out of touch with the source of your love and begin to misuse your lover quality to manipulate things and people for your own agenda. You may see your sensuality as limited to sex and feel that that's all you have to offer, especially if you feel that it will make you more attractive. A misuse of your love and nature by yourself and others impacts the spirit in a way that leaves you uncertain about sex, love and intimacy. Eventually, the soul is deflated in the misuse and the abuse. Your beauty is condensed into a limited box of the love that is dependent on others. You may become subject to more abuse in this condition. Remember, your sexual energy is beautiful and precious. Your soul revival entails awakening the sensory awareness in every part of your life by doing what you love to do. Get hungry for your life. The lover's passions can revive your soul when your energy is on the path of true love. Your electric energy is both creative and spiritual and can be used beyond satisfying the physical body. You are beautiful, erotic, passionate, and much, much more. That is so true. I remember mentioning whenever I read this lover card, I remember mentioning the fact that the erotic isn't what we see in pornography. Actually, what we see in pornography is an absence of the erotic. Um, so everything becomes machine-like um, and unfeeling. And that's why it, pornography is not a good place to go for um, lessons or tips on eroticism because it's actually void of it. We have to go to ourself. We have to go back to the source in order to find true ways to be erotic and true ways to really stimulate somebody and ourselves, stimulate ourselves and to stimulate other people. You can always tell when people have gotten all of their notes from watching porn because it just feels so abusive and violating. That's how what I felt anyway. Um, because there's a space and time for everything. Obviously, there's a space for porn. There's a space for all of that. But I'm just saying like you can't have that as your sole source of how you interact with other people's bodies because it's not nice. And at the same time, Valentine's Day is coming up. By the time you watch this or listen to this, Valentine's Day will be coming up this week. Um, and it's a time that people really start to consider their interactions with themselves and with other people, whether they're in a relationship or they're not. They start to really consider these things and they start to get anxious. The first relationship, the most important relationship, the most lasting relationship is the relationship that you have with yourself. And it sounds really woo-woo and like, ew, to say, but it's so, so true. We can't keep looking for other people to fill the cup that we should be filling for ourselves. That's how we start to put unnecessary and undue demands on other people who have their own shit to deal with because we simply have not created the space within ourselves to love ourselves the way that we deserve. You have to set the example of how you want to be loved by the way that you love yourself. Yeah, that's not to say that no one can love you if you don't love yourself because I think that that's a hot take, that's a wild take. But I definitely believe that in order for people to truly love us, to the extent extent that we transcend our physical form, um, we have to know how to love us. Yeah, and I'm still figuring it out. I haven't got it on lock because I'm always on the extremes. I either burn myself out or I become a recluse in um, order to like 
treat myself well. There has to be a balance. And I feel like a lot of today is talking to us about balance. Um, in terms of the rest of the year, because I don't know when you're going to see me next. I pulled the some cards from the Kaleidodope deck by Crystal Banner. I feel like I like this deck a lot for doing readings for people like friends and family and things like that. But my own personal deck now that I'm absolutely in love with, like with all of my heart, is the Psychic Tarot deck. That that bitch, oof, that bitch. It's so strong. I, It's so personal that I couldn't even bring it in today to like show you. But that is my motherfucking deck. Like, I love that deck. And I love the, um, the Collider Dope to do readings for other people because it's like really cute, really beautiful. But the Psychic Tarot deck, it's incredible. Absolutely incredible. So, um, yeah. Let's see. So the first card that I pulled um, from this Collider Dope deck was the Nine of Cups. So... What the Nine of Cups tells me is that this time, this period that we're in, I think that this year generally is the year that so many of the things that we have wanted actually come to fruition. Literally, it's depicted in um, the um, Crystal Banner's deck. It's depicted, the Nine of Cups is depicted as a genie lamp where all your cups are coming out. So all of the things that you need fulfillment with, this is the year that you can literally speak it into into existence because we're in the year of the empress in this year. So this is the year of creating, of birthing um, things into the physical realm. So that means that this is the time that like literally God is listening to you, listening to all of the things that you are asking for. And remember that sometimes the things that you are asking for are the things that you spend most of your time thinking about. So if all you are doing is thinking about all these negative, 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 negative things, that's literally what you are going to manifest, negativity. Because the physical world that we see is literally a reflection of our internal world. Um, as a collective and as individuals. So use this, use the fact that for some reason, a portal has opened and all of the things that we desire in this life, truly, truly desire, this is the year that we can start seeing them manifesting and blooming. But you need to be careful of what you're thinking. Thoughts are power. Thoughts are so, so powerful. So think about really, really think about what it is that you're asking the life to bring your way. And then I pulled a major arcana card, which is the full card is depicted here as Kanye. I swear it's Kanye about to jump off, um, do a bungee jump into the ocean. Um, so it just sums up basically what I've said. In the things that we are thinking about, in the things that we are hoping to manifest this year, we are moving on to something great. We are literally starting again. We're about to begin a journey unlike any journey we have ever, ever been on before. We are about to transform in a way that we have never dreamed of, like we 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 never thought possible. All of the things that you thought were a joke or like, oh, I'll never make that happen. That's too big a dream to have. Literally, life is telling you now, God is telling you now that you aren't even, you, you think that you're dreaming so big, but let me tell you, baby girl, baby boy, baby non-binary, you're not even dreaming big enough. Like I could do that 
in a blink of an eye. Dream bigger. Dream bigger because what I'm going to give you in terms of opportunity is going to be bigger than you've ever even imagined. But I promise you, you can grow within it. So don't be scared if the opportunities that come your way this year look like, whoa, I, I don't think that I'm capable of seeing that through because you are more than capable of seeing it through. God gives you blessings that sometimes you have to grow into. You know, that, that parent that likes to buy you your school blazer that's way too fucking big. And they're like, you'll grow into it in the school term. That's what it is. Like your blessings might feel bigger than you when they arrive, but trust that you will grow into them. So that's it. Your blessings are coming. They're coming bigger than you've ever, ever imagined. And you should be ready to launch yourself all of the way in and grow within that blessing. Amen. The card that I pulled from the Say Your Mind affirmation deck. No, I'm not releasing any more ever, 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 ever in life, ever. The card I pulled from the Say Your Mind affirmation deck is my food is seasoned and so is my life. Like, Honestly, your life, God is really spicing up your life right now. All of the Maggie, all of the Noor, like he's really spicing up your life because it's going to be a life that tastes wonderful. Um, it says here, those who season their food know to expect the best from life. If there are any areas of blandness in your life, add your unique spice to it. Create a life that tastes amazing. So in order to create a life that tastes amazing, you have to start from now. You have to think about all of the things that stimulate you, just like the lover card. Think about all of the things that stimulate you, that make you feel sensual and start adding that spice. There is no reason in big, big 2019 that your life should taste fucking dry. There is no reason. So sort it out, mate. And um, for all of the baby girls and baby boys, all of the baby people that have the Say Your Mind Weekly Planner, I appreciate you. I appreciate you for getting your planner. So many of them have sold, um, even without, you know, me announcing it on a podcast. You've got your little shiny front. It shines. Um, I wanted like red foil on it and that's what I got. So I've got your Say Your Mind weekly planner. I haven't dated it. I haven't dated it. So you can pretty much get it at any time. But for those who keep asking about the Say Your Mind affirmation cards, basically the affirmations a lot of the affirmations that are in the cards are also in the planner so you could just save yourself all of this crying that you're doing and get yourself the planner yeah that's what i would suggest so in the planner i'm going to flip to a random week one caught my eye oh this one caught my eye um on week 20 i wrote here forgive yourself for all of the times your love was refracted and the reason that caught my eye is because of the lover card forgive yourself for all of the times that your love was refracted we don't always love in the way that um it's best for us or best for other people because we we haven't been shown good examples of that said love you know um I've been reading that book. I think I mentioned it on the show, Mothers Who Can't Love. And it's only when you're reading books like that, that you realize all of the habits that you've picked up simply because you haven't had great examples of what healthy love should have looked like. And then you've had to teach yourself over time. Forgive yourself for that. There's no point in beating yourself up, beating yourself up for all of the ways that you messed up in the past because you're here now and you're trying to be better and you're trying to grow. So you have those kind of little sayings all throughout the planner um, on every week. There's a different saying. So get into it, man. Um, 
Which leads me nicely on to share your magnificence. So the magnificence that I'm sharing this week, first of all, is Shahira Allen, who designed the Say Your Mind um, weekly planner with me. She's a baby girl, um, aka at Afro Glory. Is it Afro? Is it at underscore? Let me just check. It's um, at Afro Glory underscore. Uh, she's a baby girl, true baby girl, been doing bits. It was lovely to work on this project with her. And she's so supportive whenever I'm putting up things in my stories. She's always sending me like the nicest messages. And it's just, I just think she's wonderful. And it was really nice to work with someone on this project. If you've already got a planner, cool. Why don't you have a second one? I want to know actually who's got the trifecta, who's got the Say Your Mind affirmation cards, Who's got the Say Your Mind Weekly Planner and who has the Dickhead in Recovery Mug? I know that there are other things like just the baby girl t-shirts and um, at your big, big age t-shirts. But in terms of like this, these things, I wonder who's got like all of them. I'd be interested to know because you, you man are dedicated. Um, so big up Shahira Allen. Um, the next person for my Share Your Magnificence is actually Michael Fuller. Now, this is going to sound so wild when I tell you who Michael Fuller is, because based on the conversations that I've had on this show, you wouldn't really expect that I would like him too much. So Michael Fuller, um, let me find if they've written a biography about him in here. Basically, he was the first black chief constable of the Met Police. Um, So when I first heard that and I was sent this book by, yeah, it says here, a story about race, identity, belonging and displacement. Kill the Black One First is the memoir from Michael Fuller, Britain's first ever black chief constable. Yes. So um, I didn't think that I would like him. When I was sent this book by um, 535, they're an imprint of Bonnier Books. Um, When I was sent this book, I was just like, I... Don't think I'd be interested in learning about why a black man decided that he really wanted to be head of such an oppressive and violent authority in this country. But I was wrong. I was fucking wrong. So kill the black one first. I'm showing you my proof copy. I've actually got a fresh, fresh copy that I'm going to give away. I haven't decided how I'm going to do the giveaway yet. But um, yeah, the book is called Kill Kill the Black One First. And when I first saw the title. I was like, here we go. So you were the first black chief constable. And now you're talking about kill the black one first. So the title is rather polarizing, but actually when you read what it's about, um, it's, it's slightly different to what you think. So, um, I went to a talk and Michael Fuller was actually, um, like an event and Michael Fuller was actually talking to us about the conflict that he felt sitting in a van with white policemen being the only black policeman in that Um, van during Brixton riots and so they're sitting in this van and these white policemen are making the most horrid racist statements while he's sitting there as if they can't see him there as if they can't see the black man sitting there with them they're making the most racist statements meanwhile they come out of the van and they're, they're facing all of these people who are angry ready to ready to fight the police and then this one black guy jokingly says like shouts it out kill the black one first when you know when they spot Michael Fuller in the lineup of the police officers and he said that that moment stuck with him and that's when I thought, you know what, it would be really, really interesting to actually read his story and find out why Guam. So the book officially comes out on, I think, 7th of Feb. Yeah, 7th of February, 2019. So it's, it should be out by now, by the time you're listening to this. Um, 
buy it. I haven't gone all the way through it, but I, my God, I'm I'm enjoying it. So Michael Fuller grew up in care. Um, he grew up in care and it wasn't something that was spoken about back then. And he just talks about his experiences growing up as like one of the very few black people in this care home. And his experiences as he started to realize what it meant to be black in Britain. Um, and, you know, his interactions with his mum, his biological mother and biological father, and how that impacted his decision to become a police officer and also his interaction with this, uh, the white woman that he lived with, Auntie Margaret, and how those things impacted his desire to become a policeman. And I I would like to do an event, really. I'd like to do an event once I finish this book, because I'm almost, I'm quite a way through I'd like to do an event with Michael Fuller and hopefully invite you all because I feel like there are questions that need to be asked. There are, there are difficult questions um, that need to be asked um, because I just think that how, how does somebody feel? How does somebody feel knowing that a police force goes out and disproportionately targets black men and boys um, and yet you still want to navigate that and progress through the system to become um, a chief constable. I'm sure he goes into it in in the book because he was also the one that looked into the fact that um, when the McPherson report was out about the police being institutionally racist, he wrote pieces about the fact that, yeah, the police force is institutionally racist. Like he, he, he was very sure of that and he made suggestions for what could be done. He was the person that started Operation Trident and managed to lower gun crime rates in London and things like that. So if you're looking for a book to read that you might not be, especially, I'm not going to say that you're going to be comfortable as you're working through it because I'm very, very skeptical if you know anything about me when it comes to police and everything like that. But I definitely recommend getting into it because it's a brave book to write. It's a brave book to write. And, um, and that's why he's my share your magnificence for this week, because I'm reading it and I, I see his childhood, the way that it's been described. And I see, I really, really see how he worked through this, um, and how he remained resilient, even though Everyone kept doubting him, not because of his ability, but because of his blackness. And we can all sort of, well, a lot of us can relate to that. So that's my share your magnificence. Well, it only goes downhill from here. Da 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 da. So moving on to So You Mad. So You Mad this week, I want to uh, propose. I want to propose a new way of thinking about black businesses. I propose that as a um, black businesses, as a black business owner myself with the um, dance studio and everything, that there is a sort of radical business ownership that we need to embrace. The reason I say this is because last week um, I was filming, so there's something that's coming out soon. I will definitely let you know when it's eventually out that I've been working on with a production company. Um, And so I was filming last week and I was very, very tired, very ill, just drained, but I still had to do this filming. Um, And so because I knew I'd be filming, I'd already cancelled classes at my studio. Um, And you'll see why this fits perfectly into the So You Mad portion, because that's where we at. So You Mad. Um, So I cancelled the 
classes a week before that filming date to let everyone know that, you know, classes won't be happening because I'm going to be filming. Um, and that's that. Fine. I try and do everything in a very organized, uh, very time efficient way. So I go to film feeling horrid. I put up a post on Instagram going, "Ugh, I'm feeling ill and cranky, but I still have to film because the hustle never stops. Then I see that I've got um, a message request and I have quite a lot of message requests. So sometimes I just manage to like see the top one. So I see that I've got a message request and this person, white woman, um, writes the following I'm just going to try and bring it up Because I need to break down What's happening in terms of the language Because what I want to talk to you today About is the fact that language is power So she comments directly under The post of me saying that I'm ill and cranky But I'm filming and the hustle never stops And she says Hi Kalechi I hope you're feeling better Clearly not Because I just put that post up Like literally 30 minutes ago Hi Kalechi, I hope you're feeling better. My friend and I came to Kalechnikov Studios today as we booked both Sexy Pole and Twerk Works. Obviously seeing this now, as in my post, um, I now know that you weren't at the studio, but we're both really upset and confused that you didn't notify us that the class was cancelled. It takes me over two hours to get to Peckham and my friend almost two. Uh, I'm so disappointed as I've been gassing myself up and chatting about your classes to everyone I know over the past few weeks since I booked them. Are you talking to? Who the fuck are you talking to? Yeah. Let me tell you one thing. When I propose, as I propose this idea of black radical business ownership, let me tell you what you won't fucking do as a white woman jumping into my DMs when there are so many other professional channels that you could have hollered at, man. You chose to come onto my personal page, not the not the business page, not the studio page. You chose not to send an email. You decided to DM me and start with this emotive weaponizing. And I can't fucking stand the way that white women weaponize emotions, especially when talking to black women I'm not your I'm not your work mule I'm not your work mule You can tell me About the fact that You showed up at the studio You should You should have realised That you fucked up The moment that It was only two of you Outside the studio Because When you are signing up To join my Like To book a class At the studio And do all of that stuff um, you have to up, opt in to receiving emails um, due to GDPR. You have to opt in to receiving these emails. If you choose to opt out, I can't contact you. By law, I can't holler at you. So somehow, somehow, you've opted out. Now, the thing is, the way that I've designed the um, the like the booking process, because I literally design every aspect of my studio. I design the curriculum that people are taught in poll. I design everything, right? So I know what's going on. I've made it so when you are setting up your profile, I've already ticked for you the two email, the two contact things that I need you to leave there. If you now choose to untick them, that is your personal fucking problem. So let me just break down to you how this is violent. This was very violent from the beginning and I wasn't going to tolerate it because I didn't set up my business. I didn't work so hard. I didn't face so much racist backlash from white women in other pole dance studios and throughout the fitness industry 
generally to come and have you weaponize your emotions towards me because you want to get your way when you are the one that in fact you fucked up. So the first problem that I have is Hi Kalechi, I hope you're feeling better Well, clearly not But you don't care about how I feel Because you want to now tell me about how you feel So you know that I'm feeling unwell But you want to create an onslaught of your emotions Because that should take precedence over mine So we both came Obviously seeing this now I know you weren't at the studio But You weren't at the studio But We are both really, and now look, she's speaking for both people. She's speaking also for a black woman because she came as a white woman with a black woman. We're both really upset and confused that you didn't notify us that the class was cancelled. Can you hear how accusatory and emotionally, um, like emotionally abundant all of this is? Emotionally fueled this is? There are ways to phrase things You are the ones that taught us your fucking English language So of all people you should know how to use your English language properly When you are speaking to other people But I'm sure that you know how you're using your language Because this is all psychological When certain white women When certain white women are speaking to black women They they take on this game And this is why Sally in HR is so accurate Because they start playing this game with language That starts to tell you where the power dynamic actually lies And my God, are you misunderstood Because it doesn't lie where you think it does at all So telling me that you're hurt and confused Because I didn't notify you You've placed blame And I will not accept blame for something that wasn't my issue I notified everybody You chose to not um, be notified I can't help you with that Um, And the class was cancelled seven days ago So if you were about it, about it You would have questioned Why haven't I received any emails? Maybe I should call and check that the class is happening There are people that do that all the time They'll call me like four times before a class I just want to make sure it's still happening Yes, the class is still happening I look forward to seeing you at the studio But you, with your gangly lips With your gangly throats With your unwashed scalp Decided that you're going to come and message me And do the most So um, then you're telling me about the hours that it takes for you to get there Again, guilt tripping, emotional weaponizing Um, And she just goes on and I'm disappointed And I've always talked about the way that white women weaponize the word disappointment it's, it's, It's not by accident It's not by accident that they choose these words to infantilize you And to infer some kind of incompetence on your part I'm a business owner because I'm fucking excellent at everything that I do. God has blessed me that way and I walk in that blessing. So don't ever, don't ever in your fucking life think that you're going to message me and then you're going to start telling me about all of the ways that I didn't do what I was meant to do when in fact I did all of those things and you was just useless in your personhood and didn't do the things that you were meant to do. Mix-ups happen, as I'm going to point out um, shortly So anyway, I messaged back with all of the energy Because you came at me with Vim on my personal page So guess what you are going to get back? You're going to get back What? Vim So I said to her, first of all Coming to tell me in my stories is futile When there is a dedicated email address for your queries Everyone was notified because when I cancelled the class Personally, the um, system sends out an email If you have chosen to not receive emails from the studio By law, I cannot contact you in any other way It has been cancelled on the system for seven days Choosing to opt out of receiving notification emails is your choice And it is to be respected when you are because you are asked when signing up This fall This minion of Satan then writes the following Kelechi, 
please don't be hostile. I'll read that again. Kelechi, please don't be hostile. I didn't opt out. So if we weren't talking about racialized terminology before, what the fuck are we talking about now? You came onto my personal page demanding, feeling entitled to my time. You can clearly see that I'm doing other things. If you have a query, send your query to the email address. You, other people might argue and be like, but it's still a customer service email or wherever she sent it to. No, the fuck it isn't. Not the way that I work it. No, the fuck it isn't. Yeah, because if you have a problem with your Windows software, you do not fucking message Bill Gates to be like, well, my software isn't working. Da, da, da. You don't message Bill Gates. You go through the proper channels. But for some reason, you white women seem to think that it's OK to come and impose upon me in my own time and start demanding and using emotionally fueled language to get your way and to start battering. No, I will shut you off from the get. I'm not the one that you play that with. And this is why I talk about black radical business ownership, because what you are going to learn is that I don't need your business. How about that? I don't need your business. And should you decide that you want to give me your business, you're going to respect my black womanhood as you do so, because I'm not your servant. And I believe that the construct of customer service as we have it, as we know it in this country, is basically, if, if you look at it historically, it's black people or people of color, most certainly women, most certainly black women being subservient and providing a service to white people and always being taught that the customer is always right. Not on my fucking watch or not. If you are wrong, based on how you approach me, I will tell you that you are wrong. If you come with energy, I'm going to meet you with energy because like I'm always saying, if you want to move mad, I can surely move madder. Respect black women Don't tell me Like I feel like People tend to believe that Oh because I'm a non-black person Going to support this black business I am very gracious I am so so benevolent So therefore I can behave in any way that I want Because at the end of the day I'm still supporting a black business No that's not how it works There are boundaries There are policies There are procedures Don't move mad Do not Kelechi don't be hostile So basically now instantly You've gone into your white womanhood To come and talk about I'm being aggressive towards you I used caps lock When I um, You know I used uppercase In that message back to her In certain situations Because yes Don't come at, come on my page And start misbehaving This is not the place for it Don't start throwing a tantrum On my page And thinking I'm going to have it I'm a small business For a reason I'm called Kelechnikov For a reason Now I was discussing this With my brother And he says like Basically This is a weird amalgamation Of when you your persona is also the business And I'm just like, yeah And that, that's definitely true And that's more so why you shouldn't be messaging me Moving mad Because you're going to get that madness right back So she goes, Kelechi, don't be hostile I just went, took her name Took a screenshot of her page on her profile on my um, system To show her that she in fact did not opt in To receive any emails from me So therefore I can't contact her or her friend There's no contact to be made Throughout this whole interaction, I noticed that the black woman that they um, that she kept referring to hadn't messaged me. She hasn't said anything. She's she's just out here being quiet because she has the common sense. She has the black woman common sense to know that oh, something isn't quite right here. Let me just keep my mouth shut and message on Monday to the dedicated email address to find out what's going on. Obviously, now. 
As I've shown her, she goes, oh, what? how did that happen? Well, it did happen, but I'm going to give you a refund of your money because I don't want it sitting on my system for you to use for future classes because I actually never want you to step foot in my studio ever in your life, ever in your fucking life. So return the money and I took screenshots um, covering her identity and I posted the screenshots on um, Instagram and I said, can you see? Kelechi, please don't be hostile. Can you not see the racism that black women have to face in business all of the time? She then went to go and recruit the few black people that she knows to come and tell me that, oh, actually she's an ally and shame on you for making this a race issue. Now, let me tell you this now. The tongue is powerful. So what I'm saying, I definitely mean it. You black people who go ahead and enable white people in their fuckeries that they do towards other black people daily, You specific black people, you're going to burn in the hottest pit of hell. You're going to burn there and your life will be miserable for as long as you choose to walk the crust of this earth. That is what will happen to you because you are disgusting and you are the same motherfuckers that when you realize that actually your friend has very racist tendencies that they've been showing from long, long before or... When you now realize that your white friend is racist, what what podcast, what podcast, what email address do you, do you suddenly start messaging? Whose DMs do you suddenly start jumping into on Instagram? Oh, mine. Oh, hi, Kelechi. Um, just re- realized that one of my white friends is extremely racist. And I just wondered what, you know, what what advice you'd give um, give me in order to kind of deal with them. The advice I'd give you is that you should almost shine your eye. You should have shined your eye. You fucking Olodo. You should have shined your eye from early. But instead, you are, you're busy there doing Captain Saver Sally and not dealing with the situation at hand. How dare you? How could you possibly read the interaction that this woman has had with me and not see how racialized it is? How could you possibly look at that inf- interaction and not look at the context that it exists within and not see how even the context, even the manner that she approached me in, how that's intrusive, how it's invasive and therefore racialized? How do you not see it? You need to understand that as much as you feel like you could just talk to people because we're equals, we could just speak anyway. No, no, no. If you are a white person speaking to a black person, check yourself, check yourself and make sure that the words that you are using cannot be construed in a way that makes you look like a raging fucking racist. How about that? So um, the friends now start creating fake profiles, hollering at me going, oh, well, I'm a black business owner and I'm a black woman. I beg. Okay, so you're clearly not, we're not the same type of black woman calm down because you have to use the one phrase that you've learned I beg to kind of show your blackness but you just look ridiculous and I bet if you've got braids they're the ones that kind of hanging off your regrowth it's just hanging off there like the the hair is here and your braid is here because that's how fucking useless you are um so you're messaging me going, it was a customer service email. This is how you should have responded. No, no, no. I responded how I wanted to respond. I don't need your business. And you need to understand that I am not at your mercy. Yeah. I'm here to provide you a service, but I'm not at your mercy. So if you're going to message me, if you're going to talk to me, talk to me with some fucking respect because I am not to be played with. I have achieved way too much in this life simply by continuing to breathe in this economy, in this society, to have anybody come with come at me with nonsense energy such as that learn how to speak to black women learn how to speak to black women because you're going to go and speak to the right black woman and she will tear you a new fucking asshole and that is what happened in this situation now 
After I kept blocking all of the pages that they're coming to look at me from with her two black friends that she recruited to come and help her. Um, you don't understand. She's an ally. Interesting thing about allyship. I don't believe in it. I don't believe in allies and I've decided that and I'm going to stick to it. I don't believe that um, anyone can be a true ally of blackness. I don't believe that because the racism is centuries old. At this rate, if we can say that trauma is running through our veins, then I, and trauma can be inherited. I therefore believe that racism, that hatred, that inherent hatred of blackness is running through your veins way too much for me to believe in your allyship. I don't believe in it because all I found with white allies, most especially white female allies, is that they're willing to do everything under the sun to support these causes, except for actually respect the humanity of the people who are at the crux of the cause. They're not willing to do that. You're calling her ally, 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 but look at how she's interacting with me. Kelechi, please don't be hostile. You know who's hostile? Your fucking mother that you came out of. Go and chat to her. Fuck off. So, to round up this So You Mad segment, that is all I propose. Black people who have businesses, you're not out here to be taken for idiot. If people can't respect your personhood, come at them with the energy. Come at them with the energy because I didn't create a business. We did not create our businesses to keep perpetuating and upholding the same model that asks us to be subservient to people who can't respect our humanity, right? And so eventually I took the stories down because I went, when I saw the final um, account that they were looking at me off, they were looking at me off the their collective page. So they're like a creative collective. I saw that they were looking at me off that page. Um, and... I took a screenshot instantly of the page and their bios in the bio, all of their handles are in it. Within a few moments of realizing that they've been clocked, they clo they made the page pro uh, the page private and they erased the bio so it had nothing on there and they changed the profile picture. I just sent them a screenshot of the fact that I've already taken pictures of your page so I can see you continuing to watch me. You came and looked for you came to look for my trouble and when you found it, none of you could handle it. Don't look for my trouble. Don't fucking poke a beast. Leave me alone. Right? Come at me with respect and you're going to get respect back. If you don't come at me with respect, I'll either just block you straight off. But if I've got energy that day, you're going to get that energy. So I um, DM'd them and I said, well, here's a screenshot. So I already know that it's you watching me. This is a screenshot of your page. But actually, after seeing the picture of you guys, do you guys that are messaging me with such energy, um, I just feel bad for you. I just feel sad for you. I feel really, I just felt really sad for them because I just thought, you're all ridiculous together. I feel like you go into the woods to pick berries as a collective, black, white, all of you in your little group, you go and pick berries and you talk about how you want to change the world when you all have no fucking clue of the ways that you are violent. And, and the black ones of you in the group have no idea of how much self-loathing you actually um, harbor. Um, and so you're trying so hard to find this proximity to whiteness and be so known to it. Um, and you just exist in your forest together with your berries and you tell each other that everything is okay. That's all I saw when I looked at their picture. I said, I'm going to take the story down because I don't like generating such negative energy. And at this point, if I keep putting the flames on you, I'm just going to appear to be a bully, even though I'm well within my rights to tell you about your clerk. 
And all I learned in that situation as a black business owner, as a black female business owner, is that even when people move extremely mad and are so intrusive and so entitled and so violent, you still have to be the one to find the grace for them. You still have to be the one to be graceful in that situation. And God keeps speaking to me in dreams and whenever I do tarot readings for myself, you know, with the psychic tarot deck, I keep seeing the same cards, which basically keep telling me that there is a way to win gracefully. And Kelechi, baby girl, you need to learn how to be a graceful winner. We all know about sore losers, but what about sore winners? And I say that because even when I won um, best uh, favorite podcast at the Screen Nation Awards, all I was inclined to do, because there was someone else who was in that category of best uh, favorite podcast, who has moved extremely mad with his magnanimous nostrils and his dumb as fuck girlfriend, um, who was enjoying when they thought I was getting dragged for being in, in being in an interracial relationship. And I remember her writing, oh, my lower vibrations are enjoying this so much right now, but it didn't last very long. And then she tried to backtrack. So when I saw that we were in the same category, I said, God, if I serve a living God, even if I do not win this favorite podcast category, this person, ha, if they win, there'll be, there'll be, there'll be trouble simply because this person is part of the collective. They do not deserve to win because they are vile, vile, fucking horrible people. So now when I found out that I won it, the first thing I wanted to do was, <laughs> I won your bitch. Look at that. So when you all thought that you could bring me down, motherfuckers, look at me rising. Phoenix, Phoenix up in this bitch. Um, and I enjoyed it for like an hour. And then I was just like, actually, that doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel nice because it's almost like affirming to them that, oh, yeah, see, this is why I don't like her. She's so full of herself. Um, and, and if I'm not full of myself, if I'm not full of the spirit of God, what should I be filled with? I mean, honestly, come, I think not. Um, so yeah, uh, I looked at that and I thought, no, even when people move mad and then I end up victorious because that's the only way that God will have it. Um, I need to learn a manner of behaving where I don't necessarily need to rub it in their face because the win is enough. Sometimes God blessing us in the presence of our enemies is enough. Look at, look at it, look at it, look at it. Deep the ting, deep the ting. Let me dash a psalm at you right now, yeah? So in Psalm 23, it says, um, God has prepared a table, has prepared a feast for me in the presence of mine enemies. Nowhere in there does it say there that, oh yeah, so he prepared a table, um, a feast for me in the presence of my enemies And he wants me to start saying to everyone Ha ha bitch, look at my feast Look at the table that God prepared for me Ha ha bitch No, it doesn't say that There's nowhere that it says that Because it's enough The, the feast being prepared for you is enough For those people who are your naysayers Who are your enemies Who, do, who want to see you fall The feast being prepared before you is enough for them to know that you are not that bitch. You are that bitch and you are not that bitch. You get me? You are that bitch because God said so, but you're also not that bitch because they tried you, but you were not the bitch to be tried. Not that day, nor any other fucking day. So I had to sit myself down and have this chat with myself. And this is why I love tarot so much. This is why I love the esoteric so much, because that way my spirit guides can, can like 
directly communicate with me and tell me the ways that I'm moving mad. And then I have the responsibility and accountability to fix the fuck up. And that's what I learned in that moment, looking at the cards, like for you to, like, there are so many more blessings coming your way, but if all you're going to use them to do is go, (laughs) you won't enjoy it. And the blessings was never for you to be able to lord over people and see and say, oh, look how you try to destroy me. But look, bitch, I'm still here. No, no, no. The blessings are between you and God. Same way that their behavior is between them and God. It was never about you and them. Right. So in that situation with these, um, this collective of berry pickers in the forest, the manic pixies, um, the united colors of Benetton pixies, um, without looking at that situation, I had to remind myself that I could continue dragging them and be well within my rights or back the fuck up because I don't even feel good doing it. And what's the point? I've made my point. Keep it moving. If, As if I didn't need confirmation enough, the next day I get a call from the black woman that everyone kept mentioning that, oh my God, this woman, this white girl can't be racist because she was coming to your class with a black woman. The black woman hollered at me the next day. She wrote me a beautiful email and she was like, I noticed that I got blocked with everybody and I just want to be like, sis, like I had nothing to do with their madness. I sit, can we speak on the phone? Can we chat? So I called her and she broke it down and she was just like, we came to the studio. And from when I saw that it was only um, myself and herself standing outside that room, I was just like, oh, standing outside that building. I thought, nah, something has been lost here because nobody else is here with us. And the collection that I've seen, the persona that I've seen online, she's about her shit. Like she's on it. So something has been lost in translation somewhere. So I think the best thing for us to do is message her, email her, on the business account on Monday. It's only Sunday. Let's email her on the business account on Sunday or send a message to the studio um, Instagram DM on Monday. That's what I propose. She said she did not know that in that space of time of her parting ways with this white girl, that the white girl had done what she had now, she's now seen screenshots of because she was like, I read it. The first thing that she sent you, and I thought, oh, we can save this, we can save this, we can save this. Then I saw her say to you, Kalechi, please don't be hostile. And I was like, okay, so everything is about to burn. Everything is about to burn fuck down. And she even said that she's disappointed in the two black people that um, Homegirl went to go and recruit to vouch for her not being racist because her whole premise was just like, fam, if another black person is saying that you are racist, I, as a black person, cannot come and say that you are not because whatever you've done to them, for them to call you that, that's for you to go and deal with. Do not involve me. Do not use my name. First of all, bitch, we didn't book the class together. I know you. I know you well enough, but we did not book the class together. We just happened to be attending the same class on the same day. Do not use my name as a medal for you not being racist. And see, this is what I'm saying about allyship. Look how she drew for all of the black people that she knew to come and acquiesce her and be like, oh, no, no, love. You're not racist. You're the most loveliest, blondest thing in the, in, in, in the forest. No, sit the fuck down. And so I will always love and appreciate black women like that who came up and she was just like, I'm so sorry. And I'm embarrassed by that behavior. I'm so embarrassed by her behavior. Um, Whereas the other black friends that she had, um, her United Colors of Benetton posse, um, the Pixie crew, um, they were incapable of telling her of her wrongdoings because all they wanted to do was protect their white friend. You need to address the throne of 
white supremacist patriarchy that continues to be erected within your psyche where all you want to do is come and cape. Yeah, Captain Coon. Come to Cape for your brethren and not set them straight. You are enabling their violent behavior. And one day, one day, if it's not me, somebody else is going to slap them in the jaw and get them right. Yeah. Don't be the reason that your white friends get slapped up. Like, do not be that reason. Tell them when they're moving mad from early so they can't now come and disgrace you outside. Because what Homegirl just did is that she disgraced herself. She disgraced any black person that really knew her, except for this black woman who came forward and was just like, I had no part. In any of that And I just want to apologise And I hope that I will be unblocked Because I had no part to play And I'm just really, really sorry That it even got to that extent I knew that something had happened And something had gone wrong And she mentioned to me actually The black woman mentioned to me That she booked through um, Mind Body, Which is another extension of my booking system That you can book through an app Now, for some reason Mind Body did not update it on her Profile to let her know that the class had been cancelled Even though it was cancelled seven days ahead So what I learned from that interaction was Okay, I need to holler at Mind Body To see why they are letting you Still think that class is going ahead I, okay, I'll speak to them But she said that it's happened with that app for her before So I'm like, see, this is how we communicate So we can sort things out Not your stupid white devil brethren That decided to come and jump into my DMs And be so intrusive on a Sunday While I'm doing other things While I'm ill to come and demand And start trying to be emo- like emotionally assault me For what reason? White women, learn how to speak in a way That isn't emotionally manipulative Learn how to use your fucking words Because words are power And words mean things, okay? So that's so you mad. Yeah, that's that segment out of the way. And like I said, it doesn't get any better because you know what we're about to get into now. Um, straw of the week, maybe straw of the month, because I don't know. I don't know how we're gonna do this, guys. I just I just miss you so much. And um I just you know what they say, like you don't know what you've got until it's gone. And um I went and then I came back and I just I just, I just miss you so much. God, God. Sally, bring me a tissue. Um, yeah. Sorry, I don't know what's wrong with me sometimes. I just do weird things. Um, da 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 da. So, um, yeah, let's get into Liam Neeson. Straw of the week, month, whatever we want to call it. The straw goes to Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson, star of Taken, even though I don't know how you keep managing to lose your fucking daughter, that wayward daughter of yours, useless girl. Maybe she's busy traveling the world, going to YouTube, uh, what's it, U2 concert, and trying to book twerk classes at my studio and not checking whether she's opted in or out. And therefore she gets kidnapped outside the building while waiting. Um, Liam Neeson describes racist revenge fantasy in newspaper interview So he's got a new film coming out I'm not even going to help him promote it because he's a pussy clerk Um, He's got a new film coming out And he was interviewed by a white woman Who I have to actually rate after having this Cussing this other white woman out I have to actually rate this white woman Because she could have very easily done what I would have expected of her Which is to uphold white supremacist patriarchy And make excuses for Liam Neeson After she did that interview But homegirl was like Something is wrong with what he just said So I'm just going to put the audio out So everybody can hear the audio clip And know that I have changed no words I have changed no context Um, So big her up 
Liam Neeson drew immediate criticism uh, criticism for remarks he made about wanting to kill a black man years ago after someone close to him was raped by a man she said, she said, was black. The actor Liam Neeson said in an interview with the British newspaper last month that he once spent a week walking the streets with a club, a bat, you know, for those of you who don't know what a club is, looking for a black man to kill after a woman close to him was raped by someone she said was black. She handled the situation of the rape in the most extraordinary way, Mr. Neeson said of the episode, which he said happened years ago. But my immediate reaction was, did she know who it was? No. What color were they? She said it was a black person. I went up and down the streets with a kosh, hoping I'd be approached by somebody, the Northern Ireland-born Mr. Neeson said, using a British word that describes a club-like weapon. I'm ashamed to say that, and I did it for maybe a week, hoping some black bastard would come out of a pub and have a go at me about something, you know, so that I could kill him. There is an audio recording of that. So don't you don't have to just take my word for it. There is an actual audio recording of that. And actually the audio recording is worse because you can proper see him believing it and really being proud of himself for talking about it and what he would have done. It's fucked up on so many levels. It's fucked up on so, so many levels that, first of all, it's horrible that your friend or this lover of yours from way back when was raped. That is horrendous. That's horrible. I always stand by believing victims. I always stand by we should believe we believe women, believe the victims. Being a black woman, though, in this society, with the way that I know history, we know of many situations where black Men have been wrongfully accused of rape and or some type of assault towards white women and therefore have been killed or wrongfully incarcerated. So I cannot in good conscience agree with any part of what Liam Neeson thought he was doing there. And I don't even like I don't even know if this story is necessarily true. And I've just got to say it. I've just got to say it with all of my chest and own it. Um. I just find it odd why he asked specifically what color the person was. Like, I imagine that where you were living, there weren't many black people in the first place. So why would you ask her what color the person was? And you know, on this podcast, I've mentioned about other, in previous episodes, there was that episode where the white girl claimed that she was raped by five black guys only for them to find out that none of these black guys even existed at all. She simply made it up. I've heard of other situations where white, um, white women have cheated on their partners and um, the way of absolving themselves of guilt is to say, oh no, I was raped by a black man. So I just, it's so hard for me. It's so complex for me, but still standing by, no, 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 no. I believe the victims. So if we're going to go with this, I believe the victim, she was, she was raped by a black man, right? Okay. So surely you want to find the black man who allegedly raped her, Surely you want to find that black man. No, no, no. Liam Neeson said he walked the streets for a week and a half looking for any black man to just come at him sideways so he could hit them with the bat and kill them. What we're dealing with here isn't necessarily love. What we're dealing he with here is ownership. If we break, uh, take it into context, um, white men 
within the white supremacist patriarchal structure have been taught that the thing that they should fight for above all else in this society, the thing that will justify all wars, all genocide, every atrocity in this life is the protection of the myth of the white feminine purity. At all costs, we must protect white women and their pure, virginal, chaste natures. We must protect them. People have gone to wars for these things. Um, And it's all a lie, obviously. All trash. But this is what they go to fight for. Not because they love white women as white men, but simply because they believe that white women are their property. And they will protect their property because it's the most pure of all things. If we look at newspaper articles, um, not even just from way back when, I think we still see elements of it now in current newspaper articles. Whenever anything is being said of immigrants, immigrants, as it were, um, the first thing that people will mention is, oh, but we don't want them to come and rape our women because that's all they want to do, rape your... Fam, nobody wants your women. I'm, I'm really sorry, no disrespect, but fam, nobody really wants your women like that. Behave yourself. Keep them. Keep them. It's, 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 please. <laughs> please. Now, uh-uh. All this... Wahala, over what? Ah, please. Bex in you, the Netflix series. All this wahala that this guy went through for her. For what? For what? Ah. So please keep keep them, keep them. We're okay. So he's out here wanting to protect his property because somebody violated her and he will kill any black man to make up for that. It's wild because who else has been subjected to watching their women being raped for centuries? Entire bloodlines have been started because of the rape that black women have endured from white men throughout history and black men had to stand by and watch lest they be killed because many of them were killed when they decided to do something about it and they had to stand by and watch this happen you don't see these black men or their descendants going out to look for any white man to kill you don't see that but for some reason Liam Neeson felt that he was well within his rights to wander the streets looking for any black man to attack for this crime committed against his boo. That is racist because, again, for some reason, black people and um, those of the marginalized communities, black and brown people are the only ones who are expected to be responsible for their community as a whole. One individual does something and all of us are responsible. Where is the leader of their community to come and speak out about this? Motherfucker, where is the leader of your community to speak out about all the school shootings, to speak about all the pedophilia within the church and the government, parliament, all of that? Where is your leader to come and speak out about them things? Your leader never appears, but our leaders should keep coming to coming up and speaking up on our behalf because one individual did something a black um, a white man can go and shoot up 250 people and you come and tell me about you know um this is so sad this is so surprising he loved dorito chips you know he loved eating dorito chips on a tuesday he was such a quiet loving person i never would have expected it of him so you start talking to us about the individual you'll use a picture with them with their family on a fishing boat they'll murder people you'll show us pictures of them on a fishing boat but a black person who is the victim you'll go and find one one mugshot or you'll try and make one of their pictures look like a mugshot just one very unflattering photo because this is what we've been taught to do to black people in this society um make them accountable as a whole for the actions of one individual person and that sucks that's horrendous and that 
is obviously racism. Now, again, where I find a, a few holes in the story, and um, forgive me if I'm wrong, he walked the streets for a week and a half looking for a black person, one black man to kill, couldn't find one, but somehow miraculously homegirl found one black man to rape her. But again, like I said, I'm very sure that her story is true. I'm, I'm, I want to believe that her story is true. I, I just need facts and verification because all the things that are coming out of Liam Neeson's mouth really, really worrying me. I want to know about this woman, a bit more about this woman. Um, but yeah, it's just wild that he couldn't find another black man. He was looking for any black man. And, and even as he was describing it in this interview to this woman, he said, I was looking for any black bastard. So if you are therefore no longer in that mindset, why are you still referring to black men as a black bastard? Don't talk to me about retrospects that, oh, he's talking as if he was still there. No, no, no. He's talking about right now, as far as I'm concerned, because otherwise you wouldn't use that term. Do you get what I mean? So I've been on the news recently talking about this very thing and the news um, anchor, the news reporter tried to draw me out and she said, do you think Liam Neeson's a racist? I'm not going to give you the soundbite that you want. So now you man can go and plaster my picture all across your dutty stinking newspapers to be like this black rights activist said that Liam Neeson's a racist. And so then Piers Morgan can start trying to tweet at me because I will spin jaws. I will spin jaws. Don't ever get it twisted. I don't want any of that for my livelihood. I just want to be a baby girl in this 2019 and mind my fucking business. So when she said that, I swerved the question like, because I'm not answering you outright. Like, come on. If somebody said, you know what? I walk the streets looking for um, um, a cow to kill so I could eat it. Would you be asking me if that person is possibly a carnivore? No, you would just assume that they're a carnivore from what they've said. So why are you asking me? He, he said he was looking for any black man to kill. Like, what should the families of like Stephen Lawrence feel of any of this? Like Emmett Hill, what, like so many, Stephen Lawrence's one wasn't even to do with girlfriends or anything like that. But what made me sad whenever I read accounts of what happened to Stephen Lawrence, God rest his soul, is that he kept asking what he did wrong. Because you want justification for why somebody is brutalizing you in that way, surely. And that is what this motherfucker would have done to a random black man had he found him in that week and a half that he went out every night, every night looking for a black man to hurt. He went out with that bat. That's premeditated. That's fucked. It wasn't a few hours. It wasn't a couple of days. It was over a week that he did that. And then he said, oh, after that, he thought of it and he thought, you know, he's ashamed and revenge um, isn't good because it only leads to more killing. Revenge, bitch, on the person that did the motherfucking thing. You were looking for anybody, anybody to take the blow for what this one person had done. And that is extremely wild to me. And I ex find it extremely even more wild that people like John Barnes, are even allowed to speak on this subject because even that's racism in itself. Why are we getting John Barnes, a football pundit, um, to come and speak about this thing that's happening? It's like, oh, you're a black person, come and speak. You never get Gaza and them man to come and speak about political issues or societal issues. They get to stay in their remit of of football, but you keep drawing this guy out to come and speak of things outside of football. Why? Because he's clearly not well versed at it. We were both debating. He and I were on um have we're having to speak to each other um on a radio show. And he said to me, as we were arguing, he said, Well, 
Those terrorist attacks that have happened in Manchester, for instance, if my daughter was ever hurt in one of those, I would probably go out looking for a Muslim person to hurt as if black Muslim people don't exist, but whatever. Um, I'd probably go out looking for a Muslim person to hurt. So I said, wait, so you go out looking for them. Would you Would you go out with the intent of killing them? He said, well, I can't rule it out. I can't rule it out. And I was thinking, are we... Are we mad? Are we fucking mad as a society that am I the only one that's hearing what this guy is saying? That he would go out looking for a Muslim person to her, alleging that Muslim. So that would mean that person needs to visibly look Muslim. Who is the person that looks most visibly Muslim in our society? Hijabi women. Yeah. So that means that you're likely, therefore, to probably hurt a woman. Because that's where you man send most of your attacks, you fucking cowards, towards Muslim women, visibly Muslim women. That's where you man send your attacks because you're all vile and you're pieces of shit. And it just made me so angry. And then I'm trying to put this across. And then the woman that we're speaking to on this radio show is just like, Kelechi, Kelechi, just let John finish his thoughts. He doesn't need to finish his thoughts. His thoughts are finished. His thoughts are trash. They are finished already. They are finished in the name of Jesus. He does not need to say anything else. He needs to shut the fuck up. Because I won't allow for someone to keep talking with their with their bulbous head and their useless lips to be saying anything that other people can hear and be emboldened by. I refuse. I absolutely refuse. So it's just someone made a good point. My brother showed me a tweet where someone said, like, if you just replace the black and put like any other denomination of a protected, I don't know, protected group. Oh. She was raped by a pensioner So I went out looking for any pensioner to kill She was raped by da 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 So I went looking for any da 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 to kill Everyone would suddenly be like Wow, that is so wild That is horrendous For some of you, especially like white people It seems like you um, You care more about animals Than you care about like black people So for instance Imagine if Liam Neeson said Let me get into character <clears throat> So I'm going to tell you a story and it's a true story. It's a real story. Um, a, f- a few years ago, my um, someone I was very close to, she uh, got bitten. She was bitten by a dog while I was away. And I came back and she told me that she got bitten by a dog. And she handled it so well, getting bitten by that dog, that she had such grace. But I was, I was angry. I was so angry. So I, I went out with my with my kosh, I went out with my bat through the streets for about a week, just looking for any dog, any dog with their owner, maybe not with their owner. So just looking for a dog to bark at me in the wrong way. So I could so I could kill it. So I could kill it. I'm not I'm not proud of myself. I'm ashamed to say it, but I, I felt that. I, I felt that looking for any fucking bitch, dog bitch to kill. Right, end scene So, if he had said that Suddenly you guys would have felt a bit more You'd be like, oh my god, that's horrendous That is horrendous How do I know he doesn't still feel the same way We need to protect all dogs from him But some reason Everyone wants to to forgive him And absolve him of his bloodlust For black men To murder black men Somehow you can all forgive him for that Because black lives just don't seem to matter to you guys And that is part of the problem For the fact that I had to include a dog in the narrative For you to even feel even a smidgen of emotion Just tells me where we are at as a society And I'll tell you that it isn't anywhere good 
So Liam Neeson can take a straw from Taken, use his very set, special set of skills to suck his mum because his behavior, the admittance of that trash or the, the admission of that trash was not necessary. Nobody asked for it. He could have fully kept it. But you know what? I'm always glad to know when there is a racist nearby. So I know not to support your work in the future. It's always absolutely great to know. Always great to know. So definitely Liam Neeson can suck his mum. John Barnes can also suck his mum. And anybody who's in agreement with any fucked up shit that they've heard about this and they're like, oh, well, it was 40 years ago. You're dumb. You're dumb. Because 40 years ago, he would have probably killed someone. How do we know he didn't even kill someone? How do we know? How do we know? There might, there might be an unsolved case of a black man who was battered to death and nobody cares because it was a black man. So I can't even rule out that he didn't do it. I cannot rule out. That he didn't do it But I don't know So don't quote me on that But I do not know I cannot rule out that he didn't do it Because that sounded very visceral Very, as he described it, primal And I just don't know that he didn't give in to those urges To protect the white feminine purity So there's that But the fact of the matter is It's it's just all extremely, extremely wild He would have done it 40 years ago Where nobody would have battered an eyelid Because even when Stephen Lawrence was killed All of those years ago The police force focused more on smearing the 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 reputation of his family the media focused so much on smearing the reputation of his family barking their phones following them about rather than solving the heinous murder so I just don't want any part in it I just think that he's trash And I will no longer be supporting any of his work Even if the Queen Viola Davis is in it I hope she won't be in anything further with him I don't want to know I'm disappointed in Terry Crews Because I've supported that guy And I love that guy But for him to say Oh, what Liam Neeson is expressing Is simply a fork in the road of his mindset No, no Home. He went out He didn't say he thought of her in any black person He said he went out looking for a black person A black man to kill That is not a fork in the road that could have easily been you, Terry. That could have easily been your son, your brother. That could have been anyone. It could have been anybody. So don't talk to me about any fork in the road. We, I, I have never been so thankful for a lack of diversity in an area for in all of my life. I'm so glad that he didn't find a single black person in that week and a half when he was looking around. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that God protected us from Liam Neeson and his blood lost. His bloodlust, rather But yeah, anybody who's in support of any of this trash Can also suck their mothers Suck them vigorously Suck your mothers vigorously Use the juice to get yourself through the rest of 2019 Because you are clearly trash And that's it That's it from me for this time I'm not even going to say week, month That's it for me right now For right now We'll have discussions about where we go from here But thank you so, so much for listening I hope that you are living your best life Like I said, opportunities are coming your way That you're going to level up on a mad vibe Don't worry if it feels too big for you That the blessing feels too big for you God knows what God is doing You will grow into that blessing Yeah, and also stunt Stunt on God Stunt on the universe Ask for things that you feel Are even beyond your wildest imaginations I know that I've created a vision board In my bedroom And the things that I've put on there My my G's If I achieve it this year It's actually going to be mad It's going to be mad But it's there Because I want that inspiration And I'll achieve it at some point Um. So yeah I have been Kelechi Okafor um, You can follow me on At Kelechi Nakoff Do not DM me on that Asking me about any party bookings Or your studio bookings There is a dedicated business email address And 
Instagram page for all of that. I'm at Kalechnikov. Um, Sally in HR, if you haven't noticed already, I released Sally in HR on a Sunday. So Sally will be popping back up with a new episode on Sunday. Um, and yeah, follow me on at Kalechnikov or at Say Your Mind Pod. Um, it's been real. This has been SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What? Suck your mom. Peace. It's the Ben's Punani woman is baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. If you sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are gonna sip it here. Hard time scrolling for your long shorts. You might learn something you never know. Collect you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind.